This morning's reading there from the book of Acts, and there's two readings. First is Acts 2, verses 44 to 47, the fellowship of the believers. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. The second reading is from Acts 4, verses 32 to 37. The believers share their possessions. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions were their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there were no needy persons among them. From time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales and put it at the apostles' feet and it was distributed to anyone who had need. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold a field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. Amen. Wonderful. Thank you, Don, very much indeed. So we continue this morning our series on Discover Jesus and Encounter Church, which is what we have been thinking about in uh, recent weeks, in this uh, first part of 2022. I wonder what have been the highlights for you in some of these Sundays in this uh, earlier part of this year. I hope there have been some new and different ways of thinking about Jesus and of how you understand church. And there may well have been those things that really stuck out in your mind as you remember the last few weeks. I hope there have been those times when through what has been shared from the front, God has spoken. And something has touched you inside so that it's not just that uh, you, you hear something and then you forget it. But actually you live with it and it makes a difference. Because that's what we long for and what we pray for. And today's passage brings us to one of the biggest challenges in church life, which is the sharing of our lives and the sharing of our possessions. We're going to look particularly at Acts chapter 4 and verses 32 and 33. It was within the reading just now. Uh, this is how the message paraphrases these words. The whole congregation of believers was united as one, one heart, one mind. They didn't even claim ownership of their own possessions. No one said, that's mine and you can't have it. They shared everything. The apostles gave powerful witness to the resurrection of the master Jesus. And grace was on all of them. Those are the words that I would like us to think about, especially this morning. True fellowship, true sharing together as Christian believers means common ownership. Nobody claimed private ownership. This is mine and mine only. Now, I don't often quote the Greek language, but many of you know that the New Testament was written, originally written in the Greek language. And there is an important connection here, which is often missed in English. The Greek word for common is koinos. 
So where you have common ownership, people holding things in common, that uses the word koinos. The Greek word for fellowship that we often talk about in a church community, that we, we share fellowship together, that's koinonia. Koinos and koinonia, same root. So if we talk about having fellowship, then our common life embraces both who we are and how we talk to one another and support one another and encourage one another, but also what we have and how we share with one another. Both come from the same root. That is important. We praise God with one voice. We pray with one heart. We reach out with one goal. We share our lives as one resource for the whole church. And the depth of our fellowship is shown in the extent of our generosity and our sharing. Now this will show itself in lots and lots of different ways. And there are countless examples of it in recent times, here and in so many other places. So, for example, just on Friday, four members of the congregation shared their time to help Francis and me as we moved some of our furniture to the home that we will be living in in Worcester. Now, I can honestly say that we did not deliberately choose the hottest day of the year to do this, but it certainly was warm. Those who helped us were truly amazing. One or two of the pieces of furniture were really quite tricky to get out of the Morton Roadhouse, uh, and even more tricky to get into the much smaller Worcester house. But those who helped were truly amazing. It was a generous, a hugely generous sharing of time, of energy. We were on the receiving end of that and were most very grateful. And I think the four are, are all still alive and, and still able to tell the story. And so thank you to you. I was reading this week an update from Project Ruth in Romania. Some of you know Project Ruth, which is uh, on the outskirts of Bucharest. It's attached to Ferentari Baptist Church, and it is a school that had very small beginnings, but then it grew substantially, and it was serving some of the children of the poorest community in that particular suburb, those who often would not be able to access other forms of education. And, and this has been a great project that has grown substantially over the years. But this school recently extended its generosity by allocating part of its building to Ukrainian refugees, providing a space to sleep for 70 refugees. And in addition, they are pro providing what they call 4-7 boxes for Ukrainians who've been displaced within their own country. I think just as we were hearing from Ruslan of, of, of his desire to support those who are in other situations. Here was a school which itself was serving a needy community, but also reaching out to another community. And because some of the refugees who were staying in their own building had concern for their families and friends who were still in Ukraine, but in different areas of Ukraine, the desire was to get some support to them. And the four seven boxes was enough food to sustain a family of four for seven days. A very specific and practical support, but so valuable. 
when we look more generally at the European Baptist Federation response to the crisis in Ukraine, there are many stories where those who have the least have shared the most. Later on today, we will hear a little bit more of an opportunity that we have for further sharing the resources that God has given to us with others who need help. And these words in Acts chapter 4 that are challenging us this morning, they echo what was said also in Acts chapter 2, verses 44 and 45, similar words in both passages. And the sense in which these words are written suggests that it's an attitude of continuous sharing. It wasn't just that this was one moment where all of a sudden the disciples in the early Christian community uh, invited and willingly gave some of their resources for a special moment. It wasn't that. It was rather that there was an attitude, a general attitude of generosity and of sharing. Not just a one-off, but a way of living in which each person sat lightly on what they owned and showed immense generosity in what they gave and what they shared. It wasn't a requirement for those believers in the book of Acts to sell everything and to hand over all their money. And indeed, there are many references to the homes of the people in the book of Acts being used as centers of worship, as places of learning. So we can only assume that those homes belonged to the members who were part of the Christian local congregations. This was not an enforced community life. This was very different from example from the life of the Essenes that lived at the same time in Qumran, down by the Dead Sea. That was a fascinating community, an example of community life. You might have heard from Qumran because of the discovery of the Dead Sea Scrolls in 1947, but those scrolls date back and, uh, to the very early years, and the Essenes at the time of the early church were there in Qumran writing away these scrolls. They were living in an enforced community life where there was no private ownership. Everything was shared. And obviously there are monastic communities that have carried on through the centuries that have lived like that. But the kind of sharing that the apostles were inviting the congregation of the book of Acts to do was not enforced. It was voluntary. It was an invitation for people to be generous within the Christian community. And then if we go a little further within the passage in Acts chapter 4 and just nudge into chapter 5, we find two examples of people who picked up on this idea of selling something and sharing something. The first was a very positive example from Barnabas. He sold a field that belonged to him and brought the money to the apostles. What a kind and generous act that, they, that he so clearly demonstrated. But his story is followed closely in chapter 5 by the sad tale of Ananias and Sapphira, who also sold some property and also brought some money to the apostles, but kept some of the money back for themselves. Now, the problem was not that they kept money for themselves, but that they pretended to give everything to the apostles. It's quite clear in Acts chapter 5, verse 4, that the land belonged to them until they chose to sell it. 
And it could have stayed that way. That would have been all right. And once the land was sold, the money belonged to them. And they could have kept it. That would have been their choice and that would have been all right. They had the power and the choice to do what they wished with those resources. The problem for Ananias and Sapphira was that they pretended to give everything to the apostles. But they actually kept some for themselves. And it was that hypocrisy and that deceit which led to their downfall. So God is calling us to be generous, but to respond freely, for it not in any way to be compulsory. And this is not only about property and money. This is about life and about time. The gift of time that God has given to us all and the gift of life itself. And this speaks very powerfully to me at the moment as I reflect on the stage of life that I come to. As uh, next weekend I step aside from so many years of active local church ministry and leadership. And I'm about to embark on a totally different way of life. Whatever that might look like. Uh, and as Francis just recently retired from her work in uh, the doctor's surgery. And we have very little idea as to what this life is going to look like. But one thing is clear. We have the gift of time. Which we will not hold on to selfishly. But we'll want to use generously and wisely in the way that the Spirit of God will call and will lead. Because God is calling us into a fellowship where life is shared, where love is shared, and where giving is real. We have some very clear challenges ahead in our shared life here in Shirley Baptist Church at the moment. Some of which does have impact on money. We have our ongoing regular commitment to God's work here. And you may remember that we circulated a financial update to the whole congregation earlier in, in this year, in April. I think it was the second weekend of April. So it's no secret that our ongoing costs at the moment are greater than our income. And we need to be clear about that. And we did say that. And we need to say it again because there's a gap to fill. And that requires additional giving to fill that gap and to honour our commitments. But beyond that, we also have very real opportunity for extending hospitality to others. There are other families that are offering their homes as places for refugees from Ukraine to stay. And that's a wonderful act of generosity. There are other ways in which we can share and which we can give. And we'll hear a little bit more about that a little later. These are challenging times, aren't they? In our country, we're facing the rising costs for everyone. I just didn't have the nerve to fill my car full of fuel. When the price on the tank went up and up and up, it got to a certain point, I thought, that's enough, I'm not spending anymore. And we all know that feeling, don't we? I don't know how you're reacting to it. It's a bit silly, really, because I'll only have to go back and fill up again a bit sooner. But I just couldn't bring myself to uh, pay for the full tank. But this is serious for many people, isn't it? Knowing how 
to manage day to day. Which is why our support of the food pantry is so very important. By the way, congratulations to the Girls' Brigade last week. Fantastic cakes and a wonderful sum of money raised to uh, support Yardleywood Food Pantry. Uh, so thank you to those who were involved in that. But generosity shows itself in many different ways. In these challenging times, as we face challenges, but as we rise to opportunities. We are grateful for those who've been able to share their homes through welcoming others to live with them. For those who've been able to share practical items which have been a real help to others. To those who've given so generously of their time in different ways. For those who give their love by really listening. Because there are a lot of people who are hurting. And there is a lot of pressure in life today. And that careful, attentive listening is so, so powerful. And that's part of fellowship too. Because fellowship is having a share in common of the whole of life. And that is so important. That the common life and the fellowship life all come from the same root in the Greek language. And so if our fellowship is real, then it has to extend how we use our time, our money, our possessions. The truth is that Christianity is not intended to be followed in isolation, but it is in community, in the kind of community where these things do actually happen. And the last thing that I want to say to you is the most important this morning. Acts 4 and verse 33 showed that the common life of the believers and the leadership of the apostles was motivated by the power of the resurrection and their experience of grace. This is what made it happen. The power of the resurrection and their experience of grace. The power of the resurrection that Jesus is alive. The gospel is good news for all. The resurrection is the greatest turning point in all history. Death has been overcome. Life has emerged. And we are the community of the resurrection. We believe that Jesus is alive. Now, in the book of Acts, it was all very new, wasn't it? The resurrection hadn't long happened. And the disciples were especially excited. They knew that Jesus was alive, that he had ascended to heaven, that his spirit had come, and that they were energized by the gift of God in the power of the Holy Spirit. But, you know, that is exactly the same now. The resurrection is for all time. Jesus is alive today just as much as he was alive in the first century. He is no less alive now than he was then. The Spirit is no less powerful now than he was then. Do we really believe this? Now that we have these 2,000 years of history behind us, is there some sense in which the cutting edge of knowing that Jesus is alive and living in the power of the Spirit has faded a bit. You know that life of Jesus has not diminished. And we are the people of the resurrection. And it is the power of God in raising Jesus to life, in promising new life to us. This is what motivates our fellowship and our common life. 
that common life of the believers in Acts was motivated by the power of the resurrection and experienced in the gift of grace. Grace was upon them all. Great grace. Grace is what tells me I don't deserve the forgiveness that I've received. I don't deserve the love I've received. I don't deserve the blessings that I've received through Jesus Christ. I don't deserve any of this. But it is from a place of undeserved favor in the power of the resurrection that I then reach out in the Christian community and to the world around in loving generosity. May that common life be something that we really do live out together here and now.